0: We start these little talks and we've a fair bit to get through today so I don't want to spend too long on some things but I, I read out these bits of news that I, I find here and there and they're always I hope interesting but it's not really just purely as a matter of interest one of the problems today is that people are straying away and from the word of God from the pureness uh, and the truth of God's word. And when we, we come across various bits and pieces that have happened. It's really as a warning. The Bible tells us that there will be eventually a one world religion. And we can see it all creeping in quicker and quicker and quicker day by day. And that's why I bring these little things to your attention so that you'll be aware of what's happening out in the world for instance in Cape Town Archbishop Desmond Tutu he was the guest speaker at something called the Alliance of Civilizations and it was an award ceremony presented by the Spanish Embassy in conjunction with the University of the Western Cape and the University of Cape Town and here's what he said. Most of us think God is a Christian. But if you think that God is going to tell the Dalai Lama, you're a good person, but sorry, you're not a Christian, then I say rubbish. We've conveniently forgotten that Christians burnt witches at the stake, it wasn't pagans responsible for the Nazi genocide it was Christians he said it had been claimed that apartheid was supported by the scriptures and the symbol of the Klu Klux Klan was a cross Tutu sounded a warning against a simplistic classification of good and bad see this man does not have the foggiest idea about the gospel of Jesus Christ. No one, no one will go to heaven by being a good person. For the Bible clearly states there is none righteous, no not one. There is none that doeth good, no not one. The only way of salvation from God's wrath is by being born again through faith in Jesus Christ as the only Lord and Saviour. Neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given amongst men whereby we must be saved. God will not let anyone into heaven because they're good, only because they are saved through the blood of Jesus. See, one of the problems is, we have the Athanasian Creed which says at the end of it, after it says that every man shall be resurrected. He says all they that have done good shall go into life everlasting. Now that's not right. All, they, all those who have trusted Christ as their Saviour will go into life everlasting. That's because of their uh, wrong interpretation of the parable of the sheep and the goats. Now taking that in mind it goes on into the next thing which I saw the Hindu Council of Britain it's called the HCUK, Hindu Council of the United Kingdom, the largest network of Hindu organisations within the United, the United Kingdom is considering whether a ban on yoga classes at St. James's Church and the Silver Street Baptist Church in Taunton, Somerset, may breach the Equality Act of 2006. We we've mentioned it a few Sundays ago that the Anglican minister in Taunton and the Baptist chap down the road refused to allow yoga classes take place on their church premises. And it says here, lawyers for the HCUK, the Hindu Council, are exploring whether comments made by both the Reverend Tim Jones, Vicar of St. James, and the Reverend Simon Farrer, of the Silver Street Baptist Church, that yoga is a sham and a false philosophy and unchristian, may indicate they have acted contrary to the religion and belief section of the act specifically those parts relating to discrimination in providing goods, facilities, and services. The HCUK is also considering whether to ask the Commission for Equality and Human Rights to investigate whether the priest's comments amounts to instructing or causing discrimination. Hcuk spokesman on yoga Amarjit Singh Amra added: Yoga is one of the oldest known medical systems, enshrined in the Atharva Veda, the most ancient Hindu book on wisdom, and it is now at the forefront of holistic and integrated medicine in the West. Church leaders of both the churches of these ministers meet. And this is the problem I see it. You see the trouble is the church leaders meet with the Hindus and the Muslims. And you see them at services saying St. Paul's. And then they can't turn around and say that these religions are false. And yet they have these godly ministers standing up and objecting to yoga. And yet the, the very church leaders are meeting with them and having services with these self same Hindus. The whole thing is crazy. And following on from that, it gets worse. According to the you know, this contemporary Christian music and the philosophy of contemporary Christian music and we've come across this ourselves in our family, it's neutral. And therefore, any music can be used to worship God. That's their philosophy. Any kind of music can be used to worship God. It doesn't matter what it is. And so we have rock and roll worship. We have heavy metal worship. We have jazz worship. We have rock worship. We have Eucharists called U2 Eucharists, where the, the music of the, the, the pop group U2 is used in churches to, to uh, communion services. And then I saw one that Rick Warren, this man who runs the Saddleback Church, and he features a Ohano worship venue. Now what is this? Here's the notice he has on his website. In room 404, Saturday at 6.30, get away to the islands for a time of worship, complete with hula and island-style music. Laid back and relaxed the full body worship with our hula ministry leads into the video cast message at the potluck that's in in Hawaii that was a kind of pig roast but they have something, a potluck thing after the service on the first Saturday of every month you'll enjoy food, fun, fellowship and hula lessons they're not the only church offering this kind of thing now when the missionaries went to Hawaii, first of all, they labeled all this kind of worship as pagan. These dances were performed to, to heathen goddesses. But now, we're Christianizing these and offering these pagan dances up as worship to God. Those self-sacrificing missionaries would turn in their graves if they could see what was going on I was reminded of the verse in Malachi 2.17 we looked at Malachi a few weeks ago in relation to to, uh, Levi and we'll be going on to that again later on but it says you have wearied the Lord with your words Malachi 2.17 you have wearied the Lord with your words yet ye say wherein have we wearied him the answer for when ye say everyone that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord and he delighteth in them and that's what's happening all these instances that I have just mentioned there, every man that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord, that's what people say the hula dancing offered up to pagan goddesses oh it's evil but we say it's good in the sight of the Lord he delights in it so let's get on to something a little bit more helpful to us but I I say these things to to warn people just to show how things are going in various churches let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 10 and we will read from verse 8 At that time the Lord separated the tribe of Levi to bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord, to stand before the Lord to minister unto him and to bless in his name unto this day. Wherefore Levi hath no part nor inheritance with his brethren. The Lord is his inheritance according as the Lord thy God promised him so we have just have of those verses today now just to remind ourselves we're still in that little section Moses has interrupted the, the, the logical chronological order of events as he's talking and this is the little bit that in brackets it's the parenthesis these three little events that he mentions here are not in chronological order something else I I thought I'd just say to, to remind ourselves as we look at the typology the typology is things that had a message for us in the Old Testament, a type and that type then was shown in reality in the New Testament you understand? We say that Moses was in some ways a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. Just some aspects of Moses' life reflected what the Lord Jesus would do when he came to earth. And they were these things were written there for, it says, for our learning and for our admonition. Just let's not forget that. The other thing is important when we look at these types. We never use types in the Old Testament to form how to formulate our doctrine. In the New Testament. Do not base your doctrine. On analogy. On an analogy. These were shadows. But you see in the New Testament. We have the reality. The shadows have disappeared. Because the son of righteousness. Has appeared. And he shines out through. The passages in the New Testament. So. The old shadows have disappeared because now we have the reality of Jesus Christ. Just two things to remind ourselves as we look at these. Now, last week, as we looked at this passage, we looked at the contrast, didn't we, between the disobedience of Aaron and the obedience of Levi. And we looked at that passage in Malachi. That showed what Levi was like. And how obedient he was to God. We saw how Aaron had been disobedient. And how his life had been cut short. And he had gone up the mountain with Moses and his son Eliezer. And the two had just come down. And Aaron died in the mountain and was buried there. But you know I was looking at this man Levi. And the tribe which eventually was called the Levites. And if you go right back to Genesis. Genesis chapter 49. Genesis 49. And look at Levi. Jacob, his father, was blessing his children before he died. And he he said certain things about his various sons. And the old patriarch came to Simeon and Levi and he joined them together in verse 5 to 7 I'll read it in in ASB Simeon and Levi are brothers their swords are implements of violence let my soul not enter into their counsel let not my glory be united with their assembly because in their anger they slew men in their self will they lamed oxen cursed be their anger for it is fierce and their wrath for it is cruel I will disperse them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel now that wasn't much of a blessing that he was giving his two sons. They were cruel, they were vicious. And and we read things that they did when their sister was was uh, molested, they were cruel. And yes, we have this wonderful description of Levi in Malachi, a man who feared God and who was obedient to him. But how did this man, Levi, become the man in Malachi. something must have changed in his life and we don't want to linger too long on this but it is necessary to look quickly at Numbers Numbers chapter 8 Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus Numbers Numbers chapter 8 to find the answer and the reason as to why they were the Levites were fit for the service of God because when you look at that description that Jacob their father gave of Simeon and Liam they're not two characters that you would have thought were fit for the service of God something must have happened and God is speaking to Moses Numbers 8 and verse 5 the Lord spoke to Moses saying Take the Levites from among the sons of Israel and cleanse them. Thus shall you do to them for their cleansing. Sprinkle purifying water on them. And give them and let them use a razor over their whole body. And wash their clothes and they will be clean. Let them take a bull with its grain offering. Fine flour mixed with oil and a second bull. You shall take for a sin offering. So you shall present the Levites before the tent of the meeting. You shall also assemble the whole congregation of the sons of Israel, and present the Levites before the Lord, and the sons of Israel shall lay their hands on the Levites. Aaron shall then present the Levites before the Lord as a wave offering for the sons of Israel, that they may qualify. To perform the service of the Lord. Now the Levites shall lay their hands on the heads of the bulls. Then offer the one for a sin offering. And the other for a burnt offering to the Lord. To make atonement for the Levites. You shall have the Levites stand before Aaron. And before his son so as to present them as a wave offering. the Lord thus shall you separate the Levites from among the sons of Israel and the Levites shall be mine this was the change that took place in the lives of the Levites you know the washing and the cleansing and getting rid of all that hair and things was a picture of getting rid of all that was earthy away Deeper spiritual cleansing was taking place in their hearts. They were cleansed then they offered a sin offering. And the Levites laid their hands on the head of the bull. Thereby signifying their acknowledgement of their sin before God. And before the whole congregation. They were identifying with the fact that this bull was to be killed. That they should be worthy of death because of their sins but this bull was to be offered as an atonement for their sins. The sacrifice was slain as an atonement for the Levites. They were separated from the rest of the people and they were separated for the work of God. What's what made the difference? now there's a lot more could be said about that passage but we're not going to labour on that the important thing to note their change of heart and their acknowledgement of their sinfulness and their presentation to God in Numbers 3 and verse 9 shows another important point about the Levites just nip over to Numbers 3 verse 9 and it says and thou shalt give the Levites unto Aaron and to his sons they are wholly given unto him out of the children of Israel thou shalt give the Levites unto Aaron and to his sons who was Aaron? Aaron was the high priest now a point to note here for us we've been redeemed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ just as they had laid their hands on that bull that was going to be killed our Lord Jesus Christ has died for each one of us and we have been redeemed we have been cleansed from sin we have been presented through our Saviour to God it says we are accepted in the Beloved Accepted by God through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, his beloved son. We have been presented to God by the Lord Jesus when we come as a sinner to him for salvation. We have been given to the Lord Jesus by God. Now that seems strange, doesn't it? We actually have been given to the Lord Jesus by God. Now how do we know that? What a quite a thought this I think. Go to John 17. John's gospel chapter 17. And we have the prayer. Jesus prayer. The great priestly prayer. Of the Lord Jesus Christ. Starting at verse 7. We will try and just keep it short. Now they have known that. He's speaking to his father, Jesus speaking to his father. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me for they are thine get it and all mine are thine and thine are mine for I am glorified in them and now I am no more in the world but these are in the world and I come to thee holy father keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me that they may be one as we are one while I was with them in the world I kept them in thy name those that thou gavest me I have kept and none of them is lost but the son of perdition that the scripture might be fulfilled and now I come to thee and these things I speak in the world that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves it's Jesus praying for us I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. As... Thou hast sent me into the world even so have I sent also them into the world and for their sakes I sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified through the truth neither pray I for these alone talking about his disciples around him but for them also which shall believe on me through their word that's you and me as thou hast loved me Father I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world wonderful passage that we have been given to the Lord Jesus Jesus We're espoused to him. The Levites were given to Aaron. The high priest for service to God. We have been given to our great high priest. For service to God. All this is wonderfully seen in the fact that. The church is the bride of Christ. And all will be fully fulfilled in the great marriage supper of the Lamb. What a wonderful privilege. And the Levites have been given to Aaron. Aaron work of God so back to our passage go back to Deuteronomy chapter 10 the Levites were called to serve and each of us are so called Were called to serve we have been called to serve and to this we are set apart, they were set apart from the rest of the people And that is why we need to be separated from the world, as Jesus said in that passage. We're not of this world. The Levites were separated for the service of God. The world has no place in the service of God. And look at verse 8. What was their job? At that time, the Lord separated the tribe of Levi to bear the Ark of the Covenant. This must have been the most exciting and important task that anyone has ever been given. The Ark of the Covenant was where God was present in Israel. The throne of God in Israel. Where God met with Moses. Where God met with the great high priest. Further, as we have seen in previous weeks, it was a a place, a depository for the law. We saw where the law was placed into the ark. The ark was a fundamental part of the throne of God in Israel. And so too was the mercy seat which was over the ark. Mercy seat of gold. The ark enclosed the law of God regarded as the foundation of God's throne the just basis for his administration for the law contained God's rules for the people as to how they should live but since a sinful people could not keep that law and could not meet God's just demands within that law another basis was necessary and the mercy seat was there God's mercy was available to the people We saw that it was sprinkled with blood it was sprinkled with blood once a year on the great day of atonement for the sins of the people as atonement was made on the great day of atonement and this was the basis upon which God, a holy God could show his grace and mercy to sinful man and what an awful, what an awesome task their job was to carry this as it was transported between the different places the Israelites stopped on the journey they had to be prepared at all times to be ready when the when the cloud moved away they had to be ready to transport this sacred artifacts and their task ensured the people met in safety and holiness their job was to ensure the safety of that ark remember when, when, the, when Moses came down from the mountain and the people had sinned and created this monstrosity of a camp, he shouted who's on the Lord's side, who came it was the Levites the Levites were the ones who surrounded Moses and went throughout the camp and brought justice upon the people, they were ready to serve God at all times and then it says to go on, it says to stand before the Lord, to minister unto him to stand before the Lord, to minister to take one stand for the Lord like a sentry on guard I was reminded of the armor of God in, 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 in the New Testament we are told about the whole armor of God sword of the spirit breastplate of righteousness and so on But it says, having put on the armour, to stand. To stand. And that God wants people who are prepared to stand. Stand for no nonsense. We have all this evil which has been preached and and, and, and going on as we 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 start at the start of the service went through all the false teaching which has gone. God wants people to stand for the truth, to stand for his word. Intended, as I said there to say to stand for no nonsense people believe any new doctrine which comes along they're not prepared to stand for the truth stand for it we say guard and cherish the word of God every time they moved camp it wasn't just a complete muddle everybody got up and started walking out of the cloud there was a great system As various tribes moved off at various times. And when they came to set up camp again. They all had their own particular positions. The different tribes with their standards met around the tabernacle. But the Levites. They were around the tabernacle area. It would appear. To ensure the control and the safety of all God's sacredness. A stranger who would approach and sought to disrupt or minister in the tabernacle would be put to death by the Levites. What about us? Are we zealous for the truths of scripture? We see corruption of the divine word all around us as we said. We see compromise with false religions. No one cares about pure doctrine anymore so long as we love everybody. Standing on the promises of Christ my King. Through eternal ages let his praises ring. Glory in the highest I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises that cannot fail. When the howling storms of doubt and fear assail, by the living word of God I shall prevail standing on the promises of God standing, standing standing on the promises of God my Saviour standing, standing I'm standing on the promises of God then the next thing they had to do was to bless the Lord it says and to stand before the Lord to minister unto him and to bless his name unto this day to bless his name unto this day they were to praise and honor the name of the Lord glorify him and sing and laud him now and again only when they felt like it no unto this day they were doing it continually when we were born again that is not the end of it it is only the start the Christian life should be a continuing growing life when a baby is born that's not the end it is only the start and something that will continue for many years I remember, I remember going into a house years ago to do a survey and there's was a, a, a cot and there was a baby in it but the baby had an old face It was only about this size. Small baby. I'll never forget it. It it shook me. It was an old person. But it was a baby. Some Christians are like that. Life has never really started for them. They're still babies. Paul found this about some Christians in his day. He said, For when the time he ought to be teachers ye have need that one teach you again which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat for everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness for he is a babe but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Yes, people don't take the strong meat of the word. And therefore they're they're not exercised to their full. Their senses are dulled. They cannot discern between good and evil. Because they're living on milk. And not on the strong meat of the word. We want to be growing Christians. Continually working and praising God. Like the lamp in the temple. Before God. was a lamp in the temple. In the tabernacle. Before God. In Leviticus 24. Uh, Leviticus 24 verse 2 we read. Command the children of Israel. That they bring unto thee. Pure oil. Beaten for the light to cause the lamps to burn continually these lamps were for the service of God in the tabernacle and they were to be burning there continually they weren't to go out we have to shine before God continually continually you know I love the story of Mephibosheth do you remember the story of Mephibosheth Mephibosheth, David said when he was back installed in Jerusalem he said is there anybody left of the house of Saul that I may show kindness to him and they said oh Jonathan has a son and he's lame on both his feet his nurse dropped him and he's lame and he says get him and you know Mephibosheth came in trembling because in those days when somebody took over a new throne he usually got rid of all the people who had been likely to rise up in in rebellion against him and Mephibosheth must have had that thought in his mind that David was going to destroy him but it says he brought him back And it says Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem. For he did eat continually at the king's table. And was lame on both his feet. What a wonderful thing David did. He brought him back. And he fed him at his table. We have been brought into fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we can feed on him daily. Continually. I'm feasting on the manna of a bountiful supply for I'm dwelling at the king's table. And you know the wonderful thing, just by the way, when Mephibosheth was sitting at the king's table, nobody could see that he was lame on both his feet. They were under the table. And our sins have been, we've been forgiven our sins, and we're sitting. At the king's table. Wonderful. Continually he did there. You know many today only eat at the king's table. When it suits them. They are not hungry for the word of God. We may feast continually. On the manna as I said. From a bountiful supply. As we feed spiritually. On our Lord. Who is the bread of life. The psalmist said. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be be in my mouth let us take what the disciples of old you know when, when they were found in the temple and they were found in the temple it says they were continually in the temple praising God after the Lord Jesus Christ had returned to heaven they were continually in the temple praising God and finally look at verse 9 It says wherefore Levi has no part nor inheritance with his brethren. The Lord is his inheritance according as the Lord thy God promised him. We live in a materialistic world. All the excitement last week about inheritance tax. About how much money we can leave to our relations. When we go and to be with our Maker. What's going to happen to all this money we've, we've collected? So much fuss about it. You know, money is so important to people, it has the power to change governments. It was nearly going to be uh, people reckoned a change of government because of some announcement about inheritance tax. Now, I'm not making you a political statement. It does not show i, I don 't want to, to to make something politically too good, but just to, just saying how how important money is in people 's minds. but look at that. the Levites in Israel they had no tribal land, no land was given to them. they were scattered amongst the other tribes, and they only settled down eventually they didn 't have any inheritance but you know it's a very big but it said the Lord is his inheritance oh that was better than all the land in the whole of Israel the Lord was his inheritance now you may not be wealthy you may not be famous you may have no land to leave to your loved ones when you die but and it's another big but First Peter chapter 1 and verse 3 and I'll read it from the NASB Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead listen to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away reserved in heaven for you this is an inheritance which we don't have in this earth we're not worried about the interest rate going up or down. we're not worried about northern rock and having to queue to get your money out this is imperishable undefiled won't fade away won't disappear when the interest rate falls And it's reserved in heaven for you. You've got a name there in heaven, and it's reserved. We're who are protected, protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary you have been distressed by various trials that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold which is perishable even though tested by fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ and although you have not seen him you love him and though you do not see him now But believe in him. You greatly rejoice with joy. Inexpressible. And full of glory. Obtaining as the outcome. Of your faith. The salvation of your souls. They didn't have an inheritance. The Levites, But God was their inheritance. We don't have an inheritance. Down on this earth. Our inheritance is in heaven. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through My treasures are laid up Somewhere beyond the blue The angels beckon me From heaven's open door And I can't feel at home In this world anymore Just up in glory land We'll live eternally The saints in every hand Are shouting victory Their songs of sweetest praise Drift back From heaven's shore